every week the TV guide comes to Chandler and Joey's apartment, what name appears on the address label? Oh, Chandler gets it! It's Chandler Bing! No! I'm afraid the TV guide comes to Chenandler Bob. <laughs> Actually, it's Miss Chenander Hey welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday, the show where we talk about 90s TV and movies. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today, much to Katie's delight, we are talking about a show... That's a billionaire Richard Branson as a souvenir salesman. That is true. Yeah. You didn't I, get I, me with that one. I didn't think I'd get you with that. <laughs> I just got to get a start out somewhere. Yes. Friends. Well, I was going to say, if you actually said a trivia thing that I didn't know, I was going to give you money and I forgot to tell you that. Oh, I would have tried harder. <laughs> uh, oh, darn. Well, hold on. Can I pick a second one then? Sure. Okay. 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 <laughs> Do I need to ask a question or say a bit of trivia? Just a bit of trivia that okay. I don't know. The show that featured actor John Haugen in a repeating role. I mean, I guess that counts because I don't know who John Haugen is. He's a character you'll know. Uh, I don't know. He is the ugly naked guy. Oh, I think he's only in one episode as himself. I don't know. It's that's just the name of the guy. I don't know. Shit. Hmm. Just looked. That was a thing that came up. <laughs> the uh, man who played ugly naked guy. Okay. Yeah. John well, Hogan. So if that ever comes up at your trivia, <laughs> now you know. All right. Well, I'll give you five dollars for that one. I don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually kind of nervous about doing this show because it is my favorite. I claim to know almost everything about Friends. I don't know if that's actually true, but I have gone to two Friends-themed trivias, and my team got, sadly, second place both times. Amateurs. Yeah. The most recent time, I was pretty sure I knew what the last answer was, but I hadn't seen the episode in a very long time because it was about the finale and I kind of skipped mm. that episode and we got two of the characters switched. You had to like put them in a certain order. Uh, tisk tisk. The first time we kind of were going for second place because oh, there wasn't uh, money involved. Mm -hmm. It was just like different prize packs. Yeah. And somebody on my team wanted the quote unquote apartment pants. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shooting for second place. Whatever. <laughs> but... It was second place out of like 40 teams both times. Yeah. Well, well no, I mean, 40 I, times, 40 teams for the first, probably 20 teams for the second teams. one. Yeah. Um, I do notice that one of the episodes you picked is something that you got wrong in trivia. Yes. As soon as I came up, like, oh, Katie's just reliving her worst days. I studied that question before any of these trivias now. Just to make sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but yes, Friends debuted on September 22nd, 1994, meaning that its 25th anniversary is just a few days away. Damn. Yeah. I feel old, I guess. Yeah. I was nine. 94? Mm-hmm. Seven? Yep. 
Do you know about when you might have like started watching Friends? I know you didn't watch it as much as I did, but clearly, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Whenever my mom had it on, mm-hmm. I truly don't remember. Like when I was watching these episodes, I was like who's together and who's not together. I don't know. Yeah. And I also I think I knew all the characters names this time on like Boy Meets World. <laughs> I was like, OK, that's Phoebe. OK, I know that. But they all don't look they don't look the same. They don't have the same haircut. Yeah, especially in the first season. Yeah. So that one was a little bit easier than because all teenage white kids look the same to me. It's just (laughs) it's why I have so much trouble remembering my students names. Like It's just a bunch of people that look the same. (laughs) Can't help it. Well, I started watching the show basically from the start, which means that my parents who do usually listen to this podcast let a nine year old watch a show that's basically a bunch of young adults talking about sex. Well, Okay, so there's a thing, though, is like they couldn't say as much as like shows like Seinfeld or they couldn't do as much as like shows like Seinfeld. I I was reading stuff like we're like, oh, now we're allowed to say penis. Now we're allowed. And we can't show condom wrappers on here or things like that. But like there was like masturbation on Seinfeld and stuff. They allude to masturbation, but they don't really say it outright. That's fair. I'm sure that at the time, a lot of the sex stuff just went right over my head. I mean, it went right over my head for a long time. Till last year. Yeah, last year. Through high school, like, I was still like, oh, that's what that means. Nice. <laughs> um, I was more concerned about how cool their apartment was, the fact that it was purple, and I loved Phoebe. My first question. Mm-hmm. Okay, these apartments are directly across the hall from one another. How are they so different? It's a mystery. What, what is this building? Like They're like, mm, all right, we'll make this one shitty and we'll make this one really nice. And then we'll call, we'll charge the same amount. Who knows? I'm sure they didn't cost the same. Right. They're both you know. rent controlled also. And Monica and Rachel's apartment was Monica's grandma's. So it's rent controlled from way back. Whereas Chandler and Joey's probably not as far back. So when they switch apartments, do they switch rent? Mm, I don't know. Probably. Okay. But yeah, Monica and Rachel's place has like that big balcony. Yeah. Which is cool. And there's nothing like that at Chandler and Joey's. Right. Because they have like the interior. (laughs) It's like the inside room at the schools that doesn't get to look out. I'm sure they have windows, but they look at like a brick fucking wall or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I... I, I mean, I liked Friends. Like, if it was on and my mom or sister or dad or whoever was watching it, I'd watch it. But I don't think I ever turned on the TV and I was like, I'm going to watch Friends. Yeah. I don't think that ever happened once in my life. And I certainly, like, I don't ever watch it on streaming platforms or anything. This is the first time I've watched episodes in, I don't know, decade at least. Oh, my gosh. This is probably my third time watching it this year. Dear Lord. <laughs> I do remember... The first episode you show me, though, I distinctly is one of the episodes I remember. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this show is basically just a constant for me. I used to watch it every Thursday. I would sometimes record the episodes on my VHS tape. And I eventually started buying the DVDs when they started releasing those. They released like one season per year. Mm-hmm. Back at, in the early days of TV shows on DVD, that was right. what started my collection of about 150 seasons that I now own. Jesus. I stopped buying them a while ago. 
But my friend Katie and I were kind of equally obsessed, and we even tried writing like a fan fiction script. Jeez. (laughs) It was called The One with the Marshmallow Peeps. And the only thing I remember is that I think somebody was like cleaning out a closet and found old marshmallow peeps and then ate them. And maybe it was like a dare or something like that, but it obviously wasn't a very good script. And I don't think we actually finished it. (laughs) So it didn't get picked up? No. Put in the syndication. Okay. (laughs) But our friends, Lindsay and Jenny, came over to our dorm room freshman year and we watched the series finale and we had a mini marathon of our favorite episodes beforehand and we made phoebe's grandma's famous chocolate chip cookies which were just nestle toll house cookies of course just like max famous snack and cheese yep so that was our viewing snack Lindsay cried it was great god <laughs> i have a picture of Lindsay crying <laughs> you would still saved on your phone on dropbox it's on dropbox yep yeah i know <laughs> but yeah this was my show if there was my one show for my whole life, it's Friends. Impromptu Friends quiz. Oh, okay. I'm just going to pepper in a, one or two questions every now and again. Okay. <laughs> All right. So as you know, Charlie Sheen was a guest star on the show mm-hmm. as Phoebe's Navy sailor boyfriend. Yep. Okay. So on this, Charlie Sheen was so terrified to be on Friends that the episode's director had to pause one of his scenes because his legs were shaking uncontrollably. Who had to come out to calm him down? Hmm. I haven't heard this. This should have been your initial trivia thing. I know. Well, I told you I didn't like think it through that fast. (laughs) Um, It is a famous person. A famous person. Who isn't on the show. Who isn't on the show. Um, Trying to think back to what season that was. It was about season two, I think. I don't know. Emilio Estevez, his brother, oh, his brother. <laughs> yep, had to come out of the audience where he was in the audience, uh, rub his back and encourage him to return to the stage. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You want one more? Yeah. Okay. I have to redeem myself. Um, let's go back to, I feel like you know the Richard Branson one already, probably. I'll just say that one anyways, whatever. <laughs> they, when they did their season four trip to London... The only reason they were able to do it is because Richard Branson offered to pay for a hundred um, first class tickets for the cast and crew on Virgin Atlantic. Oh. Uh, as long as he was given a role on the show. And that's how he became the souvenir salesman. Yeah. And he talks Joey into buying a hat, like a top hat, no. floppy top hat that has the Union Jack on it. All right. Here's, here's a question. Okay. Who is, to this day, who the showrunners consider to be their biggest calking or casting miscalculation for the show. Courtney Cox. Chris Isaac. Oh, I was just thinking about the six. Oh, no, outside <laughs> of that, just anything. Chris Isaac, who appeared in a post-Super Bowl episode with Julia Roberts. Yep. Apparently, they told him when he came out to pause for a roar of excitement from the audience, and they were met with dead silence because <laughs> no one knew who he was. Oh, wow. Okay, there'll be more later. Okay, okay. So I think everyone knows what the show is about. It's about six friends Friends. living on the Upper East Side of New York City. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it should be noted that Katie's wearing a Central Perk shirt. I just noticed that now. I went upstairs and changed. (laughs) Okay. I thought you were wearing something different before. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So we'll go down the characters. So first there's Monica Geller, played by Courtney Cox. 
Yeah. And in the original pilot script or whatnot that they have, where they have a little description of the characters from the writers from Monica, it says smart, cynical, defended, very attractive, had to work for everything she has, an assistant chef for a chic uptown restaurant and a romantic disaster area. (laughs) Yeah. She is a chef and a neat freak. Like, the neat freak aspect gets played up way more as the series goes on to the point where she's, like, vacuuming her vacuum. And one thing about the pilot is they were kind of nervous about having her have sex with somebody on the first date. Yeah. And the test audience, like, didn't care, so they left it in. It was actually, I looked this up. It was they were nervous about her not remembering the person's name. Oh. So they wanted to see, is it okay that like she doesn't remember that person's but name? But she does know his name. It's Paul. Paul the wine guy. Apparently, the thing I read is very wrong then. <laughs> it, the whole thing, it starts out with them saying like, oh, you're going out with Paul? Your date's with Paul? Paul the wine well, guy? Well, does she forget it after no. having sex with him? I don't Mm-mm. know. Because clearly I didn't rewatch it. <laughs> well, the internet never is true. Yeah. But Monica was notoriously fat in high school, and some of the more problematic things about the show involve her being in a fat suit when they do flashbacks. She's, like, dancing, holding a donut or something like that. You know how fat people do. Yeah. Of course. That's all (laughs) just, like, you know, any scene where someone's wearing a fat suit and they've got, like, a chicken drumstick that they're just barehanding. Yep. Uh, I don't know. why, Why was that a thing? I don't know. The 90s were very big on that kind of physical comedy. Like, think about Austin Powers. I love to think about Austin Powers. What's the name of that guy? Fat Bastard. Fat Bastard, yes. My my sister loved Fat Bastard. (laughs) But she wouldn't say, like, his name when we were little. She would call him Fat B because we were told that Bastard was a bad word. You know. (laughs) Uh, But she would do, like, you know, imitations. I don't know what that sound was. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But she was originally supposed to be, not your sister, Monica was originally supposed to be the main character of the show, and they thought she would develop a relationship with Joey, which I can't see. I can't see when they put Joey with Rachel either, so. Yeah, well, yeah. Apparently, neither could the cast. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, "Uh, this is a bad decision. We should Mm -hmm. stop. Very bad. So instead of getting with Joey, she instead gets drunk in London and has sex with Chandler. And that leads to them being together for about half the show. Was this before or after this episodes we've watched? After. Okay. I, that was one of my questions with this. I was like, are they together or not yet? No. In the episodes we watched, nobody is together. Gotcha. Yeah. So after Monica, we have Ross, who is played by David Schwimmer. Ross is described as intelligent emotional clearly romantic debatable monica's brother uh (laughs) suddenly divorced not recently divorced suddenly divorced facing singlehood with phenomenal reluctance a paleontologist not that it matters (laughs) which clearly that changes yeah definitely changes yeah so this role was written specifically for david schwimmer They had other people audition, but it was literally wrote with him in mind. And one of the guys who auditioned for the role actually went on to become Barry, who was Rachel's fiance, who she leaves in season one. Hank Azaria? No. Who's Hank Azaria? He is David. David. 
Ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ross is a paleontologist. He later becomes a professor at NYU, a professor of paleontology. He gets fired from the museum because of anger issues. That seems wrong. I would assume it's because he's banging one of his students. <laughs> oh, he does bang a student at NYU. Yeah. See, I've discussed this, I think, with you before, that I just hate Ross. But I also hate Ted mm. from How I Met Your Mother. And they're basically the same person. Oh, that's true. They are very similar. Both have, like, jobs in their field and then become professors. And both have very misguided ideas of relationships. Yeah. And both are somewhat, like, douchey and kind of, a, like, emotionally <laughs> They think abu- they're better they, than yeah. they are. Oh, yeah. They're definitely emotionally abusive people that <laughs> yeah. think they're not. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that Ross is suddenly divorced. That is because his wife, Carol, turned out to be gay, though they did get her pregnant before they split. And they have a son named Ben. Who, like, is fucking killed off or something. <laughs> Essentially, he last shows up at Monica and Chandler's wedding in season seven. And they're just like, we don't need this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Probably because Ross is a shit father. Oh, yeah. Terrible father. He uses Ben as an excuse like, oh, I can't go do this because of Ben. But yeah, you never see him. Right. Like (laughs) he's just out doing whatever he wants and not taking care of his kid. Which leads us to Rachel Green, played by Jennifer Aniston. Spoiled, adorable, courageous, terrified. (laughs) Monica's best friend from high school has worked for none of what she has on her own for the first time and equipped to do nothing. That is a lot of what I wrote down, actually. Nice. (laughs) The one thing missing from that is that she is the target of Ross's longstanding crush. So he has had a crush on Rachel since high school. And she joins this friend group after leaving her fiancé at the altar in the pilot episode. It's actually a scene that I really like where Ross is saying, I just want to be married again. And then Rachel bursts through the door wearing a wedding dress. And Chandler goes, and I just want a million dollars, hoping that that will just appear too. (laughs) You know how things work. (laughs) But she starts as a waitress at Central Perk but then becomes a buyer at Bloomingdale's and then a buyer at Ralph Lauren. And from what I can tell, a pretty good one and pretty like high powered one. So she definitely picks up the skills that she needs in order to do a good job. She's got an eye for fashion. I mean, she did go to college. It was just that she didn't think she was ever going to have to put that degree to use. Fair enough. So, of course, one of the biggest plot points about this whole show is Ross and Rachel's relationship. And they don't actually date for very long, but... I don't remember. It it clouds so much of the series. Like, Ross is always saying, we were on a break. But they're basically together through most of season two and then partway through season three. And then Ross goes all jealous and crazy like he normally does. Because he's a psychopath. And they go on a break, and he sleeps with Chloe, the copy girl. That word is copy, not coffee. And he justifies it by saying that they were on a break, but he sure got over that relationship very fast, if that was how he thought that he should deal with that. (sighs) I don't really feel like expounding on my feelings of Ross. (laughs) 
So they do get back together for about an episode at the end of season three, beginning of season four. She writes 18 pages front and back explaining how she wants him to basically take ownership of everything that went wrong in their relationship. And when he realizes that's what he agreed to because he didn't read the letter, he fell asleep. He breaks up with her again or they break up. And then so the he's next, lazy piece of shit who doesn't want to like take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then at the end of season five, they get drunk in Vegas and get married. At the end of season six, Rachel thinks she's in love with Ross again and crashes his wedding, causing him to say her name instead of Emily. But here's the thing. Okay. That's a very fast turnaround to be married, divorced, remarried. He doesn't know what love is. <laughs> he's just. He just wants to be married for the sake of being married. He gets married and divorced three times. That seems excessive, even for a sitcom. <laughs> At the end of season seven, we and learn... expensive. I'm sorry. That's very expensive. Well, with Rachel's, they didn't actually, like, have a wedding. No, I mean, like, the divorce, the divorce process though. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of season seven, we learn that Rachel's pregnant. And at the beginning of the next season... We find out that it is Ross's baby. They name her Emma. And the series ends with them getting together. I think it's dumb. I liked it at the time because I was stupid and 18. (laughs) (laughs) But she was basically going to leave for her job. Right. To go to France. Which she should have. Which she should have. And he should have, like, fucking supported. He he should have gone with her. Obviously, he doesn't care about Ben. No. Yeah. What is he going to do? Raise his fucking kid he's abandoned already? No. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) So. Pop quiz. What's Rachel's original name they were going to have for her? Oh, I don't know. Rachel Robbins. (laughs) That doesn't. Wow. Where did you find these trivia questions? Oh, I got things, baby. I got (laughs) things on the internet. Don't worry. I sound like I don't know anything. I haven't gotten any of these right. I had to dig deep. (laughs) Because there's like. There's the traditional, like, BuzzFeed things that show up. Yeah. But then there's also this article on Vulture that came out yesterday (laughs) that I found yesterday that has a bunch of things uh, from behind the scenes. Nice. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on to Chandler. Chandler is played by Matthew Perry. Yeah. He's described as droll. Is that how you pronounce the word? Sure it is. I've never said it out loud. I've just read it. Dry. (laughs) A wry observer of everyone's life and his own works in front of a computer doing something tedious in a claustrophobic cubicle in a nondescript office building survives by way of a sense of humor and snacks (laughs) snacks that doesn't really come into play very much with Chandler. I don't think there was um, there was a plot line they were going to do that um, Matthew Perry nixed. Where they're going to say he, like, loved to go to this gay strip club mm-hmm. because he loved the sandwiches so much. and then, That's a ch- Joey thing. Right. That's what I thought when I was looking at it. And, but it was, like, it was definitely a Chandler thing that they had on there. And then huh. Matthew Perry's like, let's, let's not. Yeah. Let's not. I mean, that sounds like something that they actually did have Joey do, but I probably not. I just know, A, he loves sandwiches. B, he goes to strip clubs. Let me make sure I got that right, but I'm pretty sure I do. I don't know where it's at in my notes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so he enters the friend group because he and Ross were roommates in college, and now he lives across the hall from Monica and Rachel. 
He's witty and sarcastic. Originally, he was supposed to be used mainly as comic relief. He wasn't really supposed to be a main character. Yeah, they're only supposed to be four main characters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. him and Phoebe were both supposed to be kind of like supporting characters. And speaking of Phoebe, Lisa Kudrow thought that Chandler was gay at the beginning of the series. I did read that. (laughs) I mean, there are definitely times where he does come across as kind of like a stereotypical gay guy. Like in some of the things that he says and the way he acts, there's an actual storyline at one point where he gets hypnotized and there's a woman talking and she's like, you're a strong, powerful woman. And he starts acting like a woman. And that part's really dumb. But I mean, John Dorian is one of my favorite characters of all time. (laughs) And I'm sure that a lot of the things he does and loves would be what you would consider stereotypically gay. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I feel like a lot of the things I like, so. (laughs) So then we have Joey, who is played by Matt LeBlanc. Handsome, macho, smug, lives across the hall from Monica and Rachel, wants to be an actor, actually wants to be Al Pacino, loves women, sports, women, New York, women, and most of all, Joey. (laughs) I don't really agree with the macho part and that he loves himself. He actually is a pretty selfless friend on the show. Yeah, I would say it it changed from what they originally have here. Mm -hmm. And he asked that they, uh, Matt LeBlanc, asked that they change the character because he thought that it seemed like too much of a sexual predator at first. And apparently even like at the beginning, the other women were afraid of him, like the actor, because of how predatory his character was at the start. Wow. (laughs) I'm glad they changed that. Yeah. He's a very lovable character. Not my favorite, but I can see why people do like him. And he's basically supported by Chandler. Chandler pays their rent, their electricity, everything like that. And even like Joey's headshots. He pays for basically everything because Joey usually doesn't have steady work, though he does get a starring role on Days of Our Lives. Do you think he paid him back? I know that he paid him back at times, but definitely not for the whole thing. Yeah. There was something I, I didn't even write it down, but like at the end of the show, they tell they totaled the amount of money. It was like 1100 or something like that. Or maybe it was 11,000. It was more than 1100. So it might have been 11,000. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And then finally we have the best character, best for last Phoebe played by Lisa Kudrow. Sweet, flaky, a new age waif. Monica's former roommate sells barrettes on the street and plays guitar in the subway. A good soul. Sells barrettes? <laughs> that's what it, That's what the writer's notes say. That is something they must have ditched very early because that is never anything she does. <laughs> yeah. Well, originally, apparently she was supposed to be like goth. Oh. And do you know who turned down the role? There's a couple people, but who turned down the role because it was supposed to be like this goth character? No. Janine Garofalo. I did read something about her being considered for a role, but I didn't read which one it was. So it was this one. It was Phoebe. Like as a, at that point it was supposed to be like, it was before obviously they had this version. Yeah. Um, Because Ellen DeGeneres also turned down the role and so did, or yeah, Ellen turned down the role and um, Jane Lynch auditioned for it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, she was only able to have this show because she was originally hired for the role of Roz on Frasier, 
and she got fired. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. So if she had been playing Mm -hmm. that, then there would be no Phoebe as we know her. Yeah. And they wouldn't have had to make up Ursula. Well, they didn't make up Ursula. Well, I mean, they wouldn't have had to have her play her twin like that. Well, Ursula came first. Right. But that... Because Ursula's on Mad About You. Yes. So she played Ursula on Mad About You. She's a waitress in a restaurant. And then they brought that character into Friends. Right. But I'm saying they wouldn't have had to do that if it wasn't her. Because they did it because apparently NBC wanted some way to explain how the same person was on multiple Mm, shows. Got it. Because, you know, TV (laughs) watchers are too fucking stupid to like, oh, I just saw she just done that. How do I know? Well, Uh, she does play both characters at the same time in certain episodes. Yeah. And there is an episode where Helen Hunt and the other woman from Mad About You are on Friends and they like get Ursula confused with Phoebe. Nice. Yeah. Or backwards of that. (gasps) But yes, Phoebe had a hard life. Their dad left when she and Ursula were babies. And her mom committed suicide when she was 14. She lived on the street after that. And eventually she finds out that the woman she thought was her mom wasn't actually her mom. Her birth mom is a woman who's also named Phoebe and lives in Montauk. And she's played by Terry Garr. I really wish that she had been on the show more. She's only in a few episodes. Goes Hmm. away pretty quickly. But like I said, Phoebe is the best. And she's literally the best friend out of all of them. She mediates fights like Monica and Rachel will get into an argument and she'll be there to kind of straighten things out and get them to talk to each other. She started a catering company with Monica after Monica lost her job. She paid Chandler to stop smoking. She pretended to be Joey's agent to help him get auditions and then felt bad when she had to tell him that he didn't get parts and like basically tell him why he sucked. And she tried to help Ross with his neighbors who hated him. It didn't work. And she lied that a positive pregnancy test was hers when she realized that it was actually Rachel's and she wasn't ready to tell anyone that she was pregnant. I remember that one. Yeah. Season seven finale. Pop quiz. Okay. Start you off with an easy one. Okay. What was the original theme song? It was Shiny Happy People by... R.E.M. Okay. Knew you'd get that one. (laughs) Ramp it up a little bit. What were, there were three, at least three other names that the show had been called. Give me two of them. Friends Like These. Mm -hmm. Close. Friends Like Us. Friends Like Us. Count it. And Insomnia Cafe. Yeah. The other one was Six of One. Mm, Yes. All right. And third one here. This one a little bit harder. Originally, the producers and higher ups wanted them to have an older mentor along with the group. What was the name of the tentative character they had for that? I mean, I don't know unless it was Mr. Trigger or it's Mr. Somebody, Heckles. It, it was <laughs> something that's cut completely. It never made it to the Bob. show. Pat the cop. <laughs> they, wanted, they do have Pat the dog later. Yeah. I'll talk about him in a bit. Is that the white dog? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can probably get rid of my... Questions about that, then I'm sure you have all that stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pat the cop, they wanted, they thought that they needed like an older mentor figure to like help them along these 20 somethings. They don't know what they're doing in life. <laughs> and that got cut. So thank God. Got it. Why don't we get into the episodes? 
Perfect. So the first one we're going to talk about is Season 1, Episode 7, The One with the Blackout. One of the few episodes I actively remember. And this aired November 3rd, 1994. All right, I have a minute on the clock. Are you ready to do your recap? Yes. No. Yes. On your mark, get set, go. I miss cold opens to shows. I think that they're cool. Um, so first of all, my first thought was, what a big open mic crowd that was there for, uh, who was doing it? Phoebe. She sucked. Anyways, blackout happens. Why did the doors lock in a blackout? Question for whatever. Doesn't matter. Anyways, the theme song sounded worse than I remember. It's ridiculous. I hate Ross, much like I hate Ted Mosby. The candles, they're in, I think, Monica's apartment. Mm -hmm. Everyone except for Chandler. Maybe someone, what does it matter? The candles are so bright. They're in there, uh, blah, blah, blah. Chandler's locked in a vestibule with Jill Goodacre, who's a model, I guess. The whole time he's there, he is the creepiest human being alive, and somehow she still talks to him. A bunch of stuff happens. We'll get into it later. It doesn't matter to me. The biggest thing is we got everyone else... In the uh, in the apartment, and like Ross wants to ask out Rachel. He's in the friend zone, and all this stuff goes on. And they find a cat, and oh no, it's Paulo, the Italian okay, guy who doesn't speak anything. I don't know. There's so many. Th- I have so many tangents here. It doesn't matter. Like there's so much ridiculous shit that goes on. I couldn't. My notes are too tangential for this. <laughs> yeah, you got maybe halfway through. I don't know. Well, most of my notes at this point are just like reactions to things. So, OK, well, we'll we'll go through them a little bit because I do want to talk kind of about the plot. Yeah, that's so fair. first off, I chose this episode because I kind of weirdly like the first season. It has a different tone to the comedy than other seasons do. It's a little bit more subtle and it's also a good example of the characters sitting around talking about sex, rush. Ross crushing on Rachel and Chandler being the comic relief with his anxious awkwardness. And also Matthew Perry said that this was the episode that when they filmed it, he knew this show was going to be a hit. That's fair. I mean, it's a good episode. I liked it. I laughed, but I also had so many questions. First of all, like I said, why do the bank do a Looting. blackout happens? Looting. Looting. But like, well, how do they lock? There. There's no power for them to lock. So I was actually in a blackout today. Part of my notes were written while I was at work and the power went out and I watched the one with the blackout. Did the doors lock? Yes. Well, we have these like security doors that are in part of the building. They go around the staircase okay. and those all came down at the same time. Right. Now that makes sense. This is a regular door that just it's a fucking push pull door with like a turn lock. And it locked. I'm sure there's a locking mechanism in the top of it. I guess. But you'd think that would be inside, like, past the ATM stuff. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. I got held up on it a lot more than I should have. (laughs) (laughs) I also asked, because I can't, I don't know, and I'm sure that someone would know. Landlines work in a blackout? I think. They don't need power for the phone lines? Well, they're plugged into the... Phone jack. Phone jack, which... It's different, I guess. Than it's the, okay. different. I was like, shit, it's been so long since I've used a landline. I don't remember. I guess I don't really know either. I mean, I know cordless phones didn't work. Oh. Um, uh, hmm. Good question. Why? 
No one has ever called a room that they were in a vestibule since the 1870s. <laughs> and both of them call it a vestibule. Is it an atrium or a vestibule? Jill Goodacre says vestibule. I'm going with vestibule. I had to look up Jill Goodacre to see if she was an actual like model. Okay, I didn't know. I was too. She's little. a Victoria's Secret model. I was too young. <laughs> I wasn't looking up that stuff yet. I was like six. Seven. Yeah. Well, I like how this whole scene or the whole time that he's in that vestibule, he has these internal monologues going on and they're like so self-deprecating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just destroying himself. But also every action he is taking is the creepiest thing ever. Like he just <laughs> smiles at her for too long. He's like, smile, smile at her. Stop smiling. You're scaring her. <laughs> yeah, doesn't say anything. What does he say about perfection? What's the line? She offers him gum and he asks if it's sugar free and she says no. So he, he says no. Yeah. And then later he's like, actually, gum would be perfection. And then in his head, he's like, gum would be perfection. Could have said gum would be nice. I loathe myself. She gives him the gum later and kind of pokes fun at him. I forget what she said. Some about perf- I forget the well, thing. She gives him the gum and he tries to blow a bubble but instead of blowing a bubble, he spits it out and he tries to recover by like putting it back in his mouth. But it's not his gum, which I don't know how he didn't realize because it would have been warm and wet. Right. And so also, he puts somebody... who does that when blowing a bubble? Is he fucking three? <laughs> so he puts this old gum in his mouth <laughs> and then he realizes that it's not his gum. So he starts choking and then she gives him the Heimlich and then he's like, that was and she says perfection. Yeah. And then they're friends for a little bit. Hooray. And she yeah. kisses him on the cheek at the end before they leave. Yep. And then he goes to the security camera and is like, if there is a copy, a way I can get a copy of that, can you please send it to me? Yeah. Uh, so that's Chandler's, basically his entire thing. That is his entire story. He's just there the whole time. I mean, he yeah. does make a phone call to uh, Monica and tries to be like, and of course, Joey understands him yeah. entirely, but for that, the vestibule is very small. <laughs> as soon as he starts doing that, she should be like, I'm going to just break through this door because you're clearly going to like <laughs> assault me. Yeah, she should have been able to tell what he was saying. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So meanwhile, everybody else is in Monica's apartment. And what is Ross's sweater? What is Ross's sweater? I don't know what I'm, he was wearing. Ross is wearing... A sweater that, imagine if I were to put on, like, a 4XL sweater. <laughs> That's what Ross was wearing. The 90s, people wore big clothes. It, like, it was a turtleneck that, like, came up to his nostrils. <laughs> and Oh, it was a white turtleneck. Yeah. And, like, the arms were like an elephant's fucking trunk just <laughs> yeah. going down his arm. And I'm just looking like, no wonder Rachel doesn't like you. No wonder anyone doesn't. Yeah. You look silly. So, they're sitting around... They do this a lot on the show where they're just sitting around. Like sometimes when there's nothing to do, they're literally throwing playing cards into a bowl. Like, yeah, they never have a computer. Well, Chandler has a computer, but they never go on the Internet, anything like that. So whenever they're entertaining themselves, it's with stupid stuff like that. But in this case, they're sitting around discussing the weirdest place everyone has had sex. So Monica says on a pool table, Joey says the women's room of the library Phoebe says Milwaukee. Ross says the it's a small world after all ride after it broke down. And Rachel says the foot of the bed. Yeah. What a what a team player. (laughs) 
And then she goes on with Ross about like how she's never had passion in a relationship and she wants to have that with somebody and he's telling her like, well, that's not everything in a relationship. The passion burns out and then what you're left with is hopefully trust and security. But he says that he sees big passion in her future, basically just trying to hit on her, I guess. And she's like, oh, Ross, you're so great. And just like tousles his hair. We're friends. And this is where the term friend zone, if not coined, was at least popularized. It's never going to happen. I did not remember that part being in this. Mm. The first time I remember, like, in pop culture, the friend zone thing was the movie Just Friends. Mm. Is that the one with... Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I also was thinking that because of when you said Monica in a fat suit. (laughs) That's a good movie. I like that movie. (laughs) It's not a good movie. It's entertaining. But I love it, and Brandon and I can say it, like, from start to finish we watched it with his wife she hadn't seen it yeah and she was fucking irate because <laughs> we wouldn't <laughs> shut up <laughs> um but yeah so this is where the term friend zone is i guess originated if you want to tell me that it came before 1994 show me some proof because i tried i did not try but i believe it okay and next we have phoebe singing my favorite Phoebe song. New York City has no power and the milk is getting sour. But to me it is not scary cause I stay away from dairy. Pop quiz. What instrument did Lisa Kudrow want Phoebe to play? Bongos. Why? Because she couldn't play the guitar. She, like, took lessons. They made her take lessons, and she only learned a few chords. Yeah, she didn't want to keep doing it. Yeah. (laughs) I knew that would be an easy one for you. (laughs) But I got to get all of the ones I got out of here. Yeah. I also thought, because I was dumb, I was a dumb child. I had no understanding of the world. (laughs) I thought Lisa Kudrow was dumb. Because Mm -hmm. I was like, Phoebe's dumb. Obviously, Lisa Kudrow's dumb. I thought that about Joey. So did I. I was just going to (laughs) say, I also thought Malik Blank was dumb. I was like, these two are probably really stupid in life. Thank God they found jobs acting as stupid people. (laughs) Oh, my God. That just goes to show how good they are at their jobs. I think it just goes to show how how dumb I was as a child. (laughs) I mean, I'm the same person who thought that every bridge that you went across brought you to Canada for longer than I should have. So I was actually thinking about this. I wonder if it's because of the aphantasia thing. Like, you couldn't remember what the bridge looked like? No, I think I was just dumb. And, like, the first memory I have of going over a bridge is going over, like, the Ambassador Bridge. Or at least seeing it and being like, that's the bridge to Canada. Yeah. And then every time I go over a bridge, I'm like, oh, we're going to Canada. Woo. (laughs) Oh, so dumb. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
So at this point, Ross decides he's going to ask out Rachel, goes onto the balcony. And as he is about to ask her out, this cat jumps off of a ledge onto his shoulder, digs the claws in. He's trying to get the cat off, flailing around. And then it cuts to inside where Phoebe is playing the guitar. They're singing along to Top of the World. First of all, how rude was Rachel during that whole conversation, though? Like, Ross is trying to have a heartfelt thing, and she's, like, clearly not paying attention. <laughs> that would have happened to me. I would have done that. Oh I've been like, God. oh, shiny object. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, take a hint, dude. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, they bring the cat in. And yeah. who who is trying to... Rachel's trying to find the owner. I think Phoebe with her. Yeah, Rachel and Phoebe. And... They come up to the, some guy who's Carl from Billy Madison. I was like, that's Carl. Billy uh, Madison. It's Mr. Heckles. Yeah. Who calls the cat Bob Buttons, which <laughs> I audibly fucking laughed at. <laughs> Bob Buttons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the cat clearly doesn't like him and runs away. And yeah. Rachel goes to try to find the cat again. And instead, well, not instead, finds the cat, but also finds a tall Italian man named Paolo. Which my first note of Paolo was, look at this man's outfit. We had no sense of fashion in the 90s. <laughs> He's wearing like a shitty white t-shirt that's supposed to be like a nice white t-shirt. Mm. But it doesn't like, it just doesn't Does look Does it good. look like an undershirt? Yeah. That was tucked in to his pants with a belt with the pants like a little bit too high <laughs> for where they should be. But all the ladies like, oh boy. Oh me. Oh, yeah. They love Paolo. They think he's super sexy. And he doesn't speak basically any English. And this is one of those times when Ross is so... Dickish? Yes. Super dickish. So, like I said before, he's very jealous and insecure. And basically, he sees how Rachel is with Paolo... And he knows that he was about to ask her out, but now she likes this guy. And he's just like, well, this guy's encroaching on my territory. I need to get him to back off. Yeah, she's and, my property. Yeah, goes over there and says, we kind of have a thing going on. And Paolo says, you have sex? And he's like, no, but we should be together. No, you shouldn't. She That's doesn't. A, such a dick thing to say. We should be together. Okay. Yeah. She either wants to or doesn't want to. It's up to her. You don't get to decide that. Right now she wants Paolo. <sighs> and then she... Er, and then he asks Paolo, have you heard the word crap weasel? You are a huge crap weasel. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. I, in my notes say Ross is a D-bag. He has a very entitled rich white guy vibe. Yeah, he actually does. And then the last important thing is... Not important, but... The last candle is about to burn out and Phoebe's counting down. Somebody blows it out instead. Then they start making spooky noises. And when Ross goes, the lights flicker on and he sees Rachel and Paolo making out. This isn't from this part. It was from when like Rachel and Paolo were kind of flirting earlier. My notes just say, why are they all watching them? Like everybody <laughs> else was sitting in the kitchen area, staring at Rachel and Paolo, just like flirting is super creepy. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that is something that would happen. I don't know. Because they're like clearly staring at them. Not even like having their own side conversation. They're all just leering like, hmm. Like clearly, first of all, uh, Joey and Ross are close enough where they're yeah. like listening in and like, huh. 
But then over at the table, the girls are also like, hmm. Mm -mm -mm. And none of them are having a conversation. They're all just <laughs> leering. And then finally, what's the deal with them? Yeah. Yeah. That's the episode. That is the episode. I liked it. That's my rating. That's a rating. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll rate it first. Okay. Uh, like I said, this is one of the episodes I remember because of Carl from Billy Madison. So, <laughs> uh, I just remember Chandler being locked in there. And like the first thing I, I remember him be saying the line, like, it's been 14 minutes. You gotta say something and thinking that's far too long. You can never say anything. If you've been sitting there for like 14, 15 minutes and you've said nothing, <laughs> yeah. that's it. It's game over. You just stop. You just pretend you're a mute. That's it. Um, so I'm going to give this one four Ross's wearing outfits that look like something David from Schitt's Creek would wear out of five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said four? I said four. I like it. Good. Okay, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I picked a good one for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, I thought you were going to talk a little bit more about Chandler and his, like, humor and stuff like that. I oh. thought that his internal monologue would maybe resonate with you a little bit. I mean, I guess. We both <laughs> put, we put ourselves down. Hooray. <laughs> um, his whole thing kind of annoyed me more than anything else, mm. honestly. Maybe just, because it resonated too much. Maybe. Maybe I was like, stop putting yourself down, man. You're better than that. You can do it. Uh. Well, this is one of my favorite season one episodes. And like I said, all the different reasons that I picked it, I feel like it's a pretty good representation of what they were doing in season one and the kinds of things they discussed, kinds of situations they had. So I am going to give this four and a half Sticks of gum. Okay. Pop quiz. Okay. Start with an easy question. Who are the only pair on the show not to kiss? Oh, I do know this. When I say easy question, I mean easy for you. <laughs> yeah, I do know this. It's, uh... Oh, you can do it. You can do it. Is it Phoebe and Monica? It is Phoebe and Monica. <laughs> Only pair, never to kiss. Everyone else did. Um, they don't show everybody else kissing. Like, Monica and Rachel, they just allude to. They talk about it. Fair. Um, <laughs> okay. Which is the only of the six main stars who is allowed to sit in with the writers when they were doing the writing of the scripts. Matthew Perry? Yes. He was able to help with the punchlines and the jokes and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. And last one, uh, I figured you'll either definitely know this or not know it at all because it's just a weird thing. What is the name of the restaurant that currently sits at the um, address where the apartments and stuff were? No, oh, I don't know. The cross streets are Bedford and Grove. It's a place called The Little Owl. Oh. And then there's apartments above it that are probably super fucking expensive. Not Mama's Little Bakery, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> The little owl. It's the that's that's where the cheesecakes come from, and the one with all the cheesecakes. Ah, yes. You want one more? Sure. Okay. Difficult one or easier one? Either one. Okay. Um, which which item did all of the cast take home as a souvenir from the show after they were done? They all took the same thing. Pieces of the same thing. Pieces of the same thing. I feel like I should know this, but I don't. Pieces of the fake sidewalk from outside Central Perk. Oh. 
Yep, they all took a piece home. Interesting. Well, before we get into the next episode, mm-hmm. I did want to talk about some continuity issues because this is a show that was seemingly not written for syndication, let alone <laughs> somebody watching it for 100 episodes each episode. Right. They're probably like, eh, they won't pick up on this. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of these that... I was catching way before they were on DVD, just through reruns and stuff, but they really do not hold up when you're watching <laughs> the show three times a year. So the biggest one, Rachel meets Chandler in the pilot, but they actually meet three times. Okay. So they meet in a Thanksgiving episode, the one with all the Thanksgivings, back when Ross and Chandler were in college. Oh, in a flashback. In a okay. flashback. <laughs> And also in the one with all the flashbacks, um, Monica and Chandler are at the bar, which later becomes Central Perk, and Monica introduces Chandler to Rachel. Okay. Plus, there are other episodes in the 80s where Rachel and Chandler would have hung out. So, whatever. The Thanksgiving episode in the first season completely skips over the fact that Rachel and Chandler had ever spent any number of Thanksgivings together. She doesn't know about the fact that he hates Thanksgiving and won't eat any Thanksgiving food. And the other big thing is the ages of the friends. Complete mystery. Monica's 27 in the first season, so presumably the same age as Rachel. Right. They went to high school together. They graduated the same year. But Rachel doesn't turn 30 until season seven. (laughs) Well, I read that Ross was 29 for three years. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Oh, my God. Actors-wise, when the show premiered, both Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry were 25. Matt LeBlanc was 27. David Schwimmer was almost 28. Courtney Cox was 30. And Lisa Kudrow was 31. Um, Matt LeBlanc had to dye his hair the entirety of the show. Because it was gray? It was graying at from the beginning. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's Gunther uh, also had to dye his hair. Hmm? Gunther? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he also had to dye his hair because apparently he's got brown hair. Yeah, and Gunther became a character basically. He was the only person on set like of the extras who knew how to work a espresso machine because he was a barista mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. Which Okay, so he's an extra, right? Like at the beginning. And yeah. then becomes, you know, a recurring secondary tertiary character. Yep. Who fucking cares what color his hair is? <laughs> Just let him be brunette if that's what his hair is. Like it, he it has l- to stand out. It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my god! It's part of his character. It doesn't have to be. People's hairs change. <laughs> Not only do their ages happen to be super inconsistent, but the timing of their birthdays is also <laughs> as well. Like Phoebe's birthday is in October, but also February, and Ross is a Libra, but his birthday is some other time. And I think Rachel is the most consistent. I think hers is usually around May, but I don't know. And then one that's not important, but just kind of bugs me. Ross says he doesn't like ice cream because it's too cold, but he eats ice cream with both Marcel the monkey and on a date with his student Elizabeth. I did have that one. And I was like, no, that one's too easy of a question. So I got rid of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. Right up Ross's character's alley, just being a liar. So, (laughs) yeah. So there were a couple things that I had just based on 
staff pay because that was a big thing with this show was that like by the final season, they were all making $1 million per episode and that everyone was paid equally, both men and women, because that's a huge disparity for actors uh, in, in gender pay. Do you know how much they made in the first season per episode on average? Mm. I want to say it was like 50. 22,000. Mm. I was going to say 25. Dang it. And, and at first I was like, man, that's so low. But then I'm like, what am I saying? That's Multiply so much that money. by 24 episodes. It doesn't even matter. If they did like fucking two episodes, like you spent <laughs> five hours filming something and you made $20,000. Mm. The amount of time they spend filming isn't like parallel to how much they have to prep for it. I mean, I know, but yeah. By the way, each episode took about an average of five hours to film. <laughs> um, they also would not film cliffhangers in front of a live audience. Yes, those cliffhangers were very important. Oh, yes, of course. Um, they also wouldn't let the audience know when um, Janice was going to be there. Janice is in every single season except for one. She's not in season six, but her voice is in season six. Um. Which main character's dad played Joshua's dad? Uh, it's Matthew Perry's dad. Yeah. See, no, I'm just, I'm out of the hard questions. <laughs> Do I have any more hard ones? Uh, what other shows were the monkeys, plural, who played Marcel in? Um, Outbreak. No. Well, one of them, I guess, isn't a show. It's Bruce Almighty. Oh. And another show that had David Schwimmer in it. Oh, a show. 30 Rock. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember what he played when there's a monkey in 30 Rock. David Schwimmer's character in 30 Rock as Greenzo is one of my favorite <laughs> things of the whole show. Yeah. And like, I hate Ross so much, but I love David Schwimmer. When he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's so fucking funny. I don't know if I've watched those episodes, but he was very good on People vs. OJ. Haven't watched that. It's a good show. Let's do the second episode. Okay. So the next episode is the one with the embryos, which is season four, episode 12, and it aired January 15th, 1998. I don't have anything to add. I'm just here with the timer. All right. You ready? Um, yeah, I'm ready. It's set. Go. There's a rooster crowing. wakes up Monica and Rachel, and Rachel's pissed and basically just wants these birds gone. Meanwhile, Mo Monica and Joey are arguing that Chandler and Joey know Monica and Rachel better than the other way around. So they decide to put it to the test. There's a grocery bag and then they do a whole big quiz. And as part of this quiz, they have a wager. First, it's $100. It escalates to if the guys win, they get the girl's apartment. If the girls win, they have to get rid of the birds. And in the lightning round on the question, who, what is Chandler Bing's job? The girls lose the apartment. Meanwhile, Phoebe is going to the fertility doctor to get impregnated with Frank and Alice's uh, embryos so that she can have their baby. And at the end of the episode, she finds out she is pregnant and everybody is excited. And it's the best episode. Okay. I don't know if I did a good job, but I feel like I at least covered everything. Let me tell you what I took out of this episode more than anything else. Okay. Everyone that was part of the game show, the contestants, lose. Ross knows the most about everyone. Yeah. <laughs> which is very creepy. Well, 
He's Monica's brother. Yeah. He lived with Chandler. Okay. And he dated Rachel. Mm-hmm. And then Joey is his Jim. friend. Right. But like, okay. So all of this happens. The game show happens over the course of Phoebe's appointment. Mm-hmm. Which means they asked him to put this together. And he did all of that in like 20 minutes. No, no. Because she's. I know she's at an appointment for a long time. Yeah. But still, like, he had to go get that whiteboard or whatever. He had to get all the post-its, write down the questions. Think and of the Monica questions that come up with Monica probably had them. all that stuff. Okay, she probably had all the things. Let's be real. She's very <laughs> neat for you. And that was all that. Very organized. Yeah. But still, to come up with all the questions, the categories, the lightning round stuff, that's days worth of work. <laughs> well, he was driven. He I He wanted guess. to be part of it. Why is there a rooster in New York City was my first question, because I didn't know they had birds. Yeah, so the chick and the duck are recurring throughout most of the show. At one point, they go away. They don't really talk about it. And um, it starts out because Joey sees on TV an ad for chicks at Easter. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's cute. And he goes and gets one. Okay. And then Chandler gets mad and tries to, like, take it back. And... They won't take it back because if they do, they'll just kill it. And so he's like, I can't do that. And then he's also like, do you know that they don't just have chicks? Do you know that they also have ducks? (laughs) And so he gets a duck, too. Of course. So that's how they have the chick and the duck. My second note. (laughs) So many nipples going on here. I forgot Um, about all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not allowed to wear a bra on the set. I don't even know if it was that. I think sometimes they were fake. Really? I don't know, but I've seen that rumor before. Why? <laughs> why do why do that? Sex appeal. There's people that are just like so hard up. They're like, oh my, I think I see your nipples through that sweater. Oh my God. You think there aren't people like that? I know there are people like that. They're <laughs> sick fucks. They're the same people that are out there paying money for feet pictures on the internet. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's one of the weirdest things that I just don't even understand. No. Oh, my God. So many weird people (laughs) in the world. Yeah. Not to kink shame anyone. Yeah. So just to like quickly go through Phoebe's storyline in a different episode, Frank, who's her brother, she just found out that he's her half brother. He gets engaged to his high school home ec teacher. Okay. With Alice. <laughs> I was wondering if she was a little older because I'm like, isn't that the mom from that 70s yes. show? And it, it was. Okay, good. Yeah. Kitty from that 70s show. Yeah. And Frank is, oh my gosh, what's his name? His real name? Like the actor? Mm-hmm. Giovanni something. Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. So Frank Jr. is Giovanni Ribisi. And when they tell her that they're getting engaged, she asks what they can give. Oh my she gosh. She asks what she can give. Yes. <laughs> what she can give. For an engagement present or a wedding present. And they're like, well, you can grow our baby. (laughs) Who doesn't want to give birth to their sibling's child? Yeah. And she thinks about it a lot, actually. Her mom, the one I mentioned before, played by Terry Garr, comes and gives her like a puppy. And is like, if you can give this puppy back at the end of this week, then how you feel then is how you will feel giving up these babies. But... On a much smaller scale. She does do that. She actually gives the puppy to Frank and Alice instead of back to her mom. Okay. And it makes her so happy. And so she's like, I want to do that for you. I want to do that for you. That's nice. 
But they did that whole storyline because Lisa Kudrow was actually pregnant. Right. So Um, they had to write it into the show, which they did not do when Courtney Cox got pregnant. But they just hit it. Yeah. Not well. (laughs) Um, Speaking of continuity. Frank Jr. was also another character as a cameo on the show or I guess an extra. Right. Extra. Like throwing a condom into uh, Phoebe's Phoebe's guitar case. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, (laughs) just it's not hard to not do these things. Yeah. But they didn't care, apparently. Well, I mean, he's a good actor to get onto the show. I don't know why they had him as a extra first, but I don't know. Bruce Willis was an extra because of a bet. He wasn't an extra. He was a cameo because of a bet. He was in multiple episodes. Yeah. He did that because of the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. Matthew Perry made the bet that it would be number one. And Bruce was like, no, it's not going to. And so he did it. And apparently rumor said donated his money to charity. Yep. Good for him. He's got (laughs) enough fucking money. Yep. So in this episode, Phoebe is getting impregnated with these embryos. And she's freaking out because... They're going to put in five, but that means she only has a 25% chance of getting pregnant. And this is all of Frank and Alice's money doing it this one time. So she's like, they're literally putting all their eggs in my basket. But luckily, at the very end, they give her a pregnancy test. And even though it's very, very quick to actually get pregnant from an appointment earlier that day, she is pregnant. And they all... I thought that that part was another day. No, it's the same day. Oh, that part's still the same day? Yes. I really thought that that part... Because didn't it come at the end, like post... Like at the credits or something? I thought that part was another day. Nope, same day. This all takes Fine, place over the course Christ. of one day. Of course. <laughs> oh, what? It took already? And you're seeing that through the hormones? Okay. Now I have... <laughs> now I'm upset at this. <laughs> So that's the Phoebe storyline. The main storyline here and the reason that I really, really love this episode is the whole trivia thing. And earlier you mentioned the trivia question that I got wrong. What are the five items that Rachel brought back in that bag? In her grocery bag. So one of them that wasn't part of the five was that there's a half-eaten box of cookies in there. So Chandler and Joey are supposed to guess what these other five items are with six guesses. It is... Apples, yes. tortilla chips, yes. diet soda, yes. yogurt, mm-hmm. and scotch tape. And not... Orange juice. Yes. Um, yogurt is the one that I always forget. Uh, I liked... I, I wrote down the joke when Chandler leans over and whispers to Joe. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Not for another two weeks. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they decided to take that little trivia to the next level with a trivia game, which you kind of already described where Ross puts together this whole thing. Some of the trivia questions from this are what's Monica's biggest pet peeve animals dressed as humans. According to Chandler, what phenomenon scares the bejesus out of him? Michael Flatley, Lord of the dance. That's a dated reference. Yeah. yeah, Lord of the dance. When was the last time you heard that referenced? Never (laughs) this show. Yeah. Um, Ross and Rachel had a grandma who died. Name that grandmother. Althea. Althea. Yep. Yeah. I remember. (laughs) Yeah. Joey's like, I took a shot. You're shooting with Althea. Althea is correct. Good shooting. Actually, nice shooting. (laughs) And then perhaps the most important question. The TV guide comes to Chandler and Joey every week. What name appears on the TV guide? And Rachel says, it's Chandler Bing. Chandler gets it. 
And Russ says, I'm afraid the TV guide comes to Chenandler Bong. Miss Chenandler Bong. Yes. Chandler corrects him. Chenandler Bong was my fantasy football team name last year. Nice. (laughs) And then there's one more question that ties things up. Then they go to the lightning round. The lightning round I have a problem with. I have a problem before this. Oh. There are like 10 questions still on the board. When yeah. He's like, we're out of questions. Like, so you just put up fucking fake post-its on here? <laughs> Why? Anyways, go on to the lightning round. <laughs> Longest 30 seconds ever. So um, when the guys are going, they get four right. They miss the fourth question. They get the fifth question right. So it went from a missed question to one they got right. The girls... The lightning round begins now. What is Joey's favorite food? Sandwiches. Correct. Chandler was how old when he first touched a girl's breast? 14? No, 19. Thanks, man. (laughs) Joey had an imaginary childhood friend. His name was... Maurice. Correct. His profession was... Space Cowboy. Correct. (laughs) What is Chandler Bing's job? question they should have just like skipped it gave a false answer just to get the next question right but they were in the heat of the moment and i feel like monica thought she knew or something no they did not know they they were freaking out it has something to do with computers maybe transponding oh he's a transponster i don't know who knows i did audibly laugh at their reaction to losing no (laughs) um Anyways, I laughed at that. (laughs) Yeah. The part that I was going to mention about this was the guys like start bringing stuff over. And one of those things is they ride in on a giant white dog. This white dog was actually something that belonged to Jennifer Aniston. She had gotten it as a gift from a friend, possibly like before the season or. Is when the show started. Yeah, like when it's when it started. That's somewhat of a rumor. I don't know if it's, like, been confirmed, but it's definitely Friends lore at this point. Gotcha. (laughs) And, yeah, then the guys are in the girls' apartment. The girls are in the guys' apartment, and the girls hate it. They open a drawer. They see something. They hope that if they keep that drawer shut that it will die. What's, God, what's the thing in How I Met Your Mother the cockamouse. Yeah, maybe it was a cockamouse. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, the guys are like, ah, did you see the size of the closets? I can't <laughs> believe we live here. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. But I, I love that episode. I'll go first with my rating because I've already started. I feel like this is one of the most memorable, greatest, funniest episodes of the whole show. It has always been one of my favorite episodes and so I'm going to give it five transponsters out of five. You're not going to like my rating because oh no. I didn't really like this episode that much. Really? Um, maybe it's because you have to be a Friends fan to like the trivia and stuff maybe. like that. I was just annoyed by most of them. Like mm. the whole episode, I'm like, oh, you're all just being petty, uh, which I get it. 
But for me, I don't know. It just wasn't as funny as the other one we watched and I wasn't as into it. And I was kind of just like distracting myself with other things while it was on, honestly. Oh, man. Um, so I'm only going to give it three embryos out of five. <laughs> really phoning it in with that rating. Fine. Three incestuous embryos out of five. <laughs> Better. Better. There you go. I mean, I liked it. Just not. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. Well, I'm much. glad I at least picked one that you liked. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the show. It was just never one that I set out to watch. Yeah. Like I, I liked Seinfeld a lot more than Friends. And I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't old. Maybe I wasn't old enough. I was if I was in your generation. <laughs> My generation. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. My God. Who were the character names inspired from? Or what were the character names inspired from? I don't know. They were taken from names from all my children. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I've watched all my children, but I guess not that long ago. It was the Chandler family. Oh. There was Ross Chandler. There was somebody who, uh, I forget what Monica was, Monique, maybe. I forget. I didn't, I closed the website that had it on (laughs) already. Um, So there's that one. Let's see. What else? I have a few more left here. (laughs) Might as well get through all these. Uh, easy one. Where were the credits shot? In Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Not at the New York fountain that people think is the Friends fountain. Right. Where did the cast go for one last anonymous hurrah before the show started? Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, I assume you know all the ones about like the apartment numbers. I feel like that's an easy one for started you. Started as apartment five, then became apartment 20. Yeah. I figure that one's easy. Which other actor on the show had a huge crush on Jennifer Aniston and found it difficult to work with her Mm. as a result of the crush? Matthew Perry. Cole Sprouse. Oh, I did know that. Dang it. (laughs) I did know that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Hold on. I've got a... Cole Sprouse played Ben. Yeah. I got one last one here. Oh, two last ones. What? This, This one's easy. I know you get this one. Without even thinking. Okay. In the one after Vegas, what is everyone's last name in the credits? Arquette. Yeah. Because um, Courtney Cox had just gotten married to David Arquette. Yeah. And the last one is Friends Adjacent, I guess. So okay. you might not know this one. Which main character, male, main characters, you got a one in three chance here. Okay. <laughs> Which of them uh, was almost Phil on Modern Family? I'm going to go with Matthew Perry. I just keep saying Matthew Perry for all my answers. Is LeBlanc. Oh, weird. He, he turned it down because he's like, I know what I can do and what I can't do. And I wouldn't be doing the character justice if I did it. Yeah. Huh. And that's true. The guy who plays Phil is fucking awesome. I so. could not picture Matt LeBlanc as that role. No. Oh, God. I love that Phil's so great. <laughs> um, and my last one's just a little piece of trivia. What were all these other ones? Well, he's written out a question. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, fine, whatever. I won't say it. So in the episode where Matt LeBlanc dislocates his shoulder when they were filming, um, that actually cost Coca-Cola a lot of money. Oh. Because they had a bunch of people who like won some contest that they were flying them in to be the audience for it. Well, they had to stop shooting because of the injury. Mm. And then the Coca-Cola flew them back to watch it again when they actually filmed the episode. So I almost picked that episode. It's the one where no one's ready. And there's a scene where Chandler and 
Joey are like fighting to get into the chair and they both like sit down at the same time. And that's how Joey dislocated Joey. Matt LeBlanc dislocated his shoulder and he had like a sling basically for several episodes. And the way they explained it on the show was that he was jumping on the bed and fell off. Okay. God, I feel like there's other things we didn't go over. I mean, obviously. Obviously. It's a 10 season show. (laughs) Uh, There's the 9-11 stuff that got cut. Yeah. Are you talking about the bomb threat? Yeah. Yeah. Which was supposed to air like a few weeks after 9-11 happened. Yep. Um, Friends. This thing says Friends was keen on recruiting Owen Wilson as a guest star. But owing to a subsequent interview, Wilson did where he admitted that his biggest fault was giving writers a hard time. The offer was revoked to avoid unnecessary drama. Subsequent? He took, he gave an interview after this all went down. Subsequent? Isn't it subsequent? No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've always said it that way, so we're going to go that one. It's subsequent. Uh, what else do we have? This is all from the uh, article that came out yesterday. Paolo was originally uh, discussed as being maybe Inuit instead of a an Italian person. But they thought that that was ultimately deemed to an air quotes here, ultimately deemed to be a bridge too far for audiences. <laughs> Probably. What a weird. Thing. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, boy. So okay. I, I think that's friends, right? Yeah, that's friends. Do you want to rate the show as a whole? I know what your rating is. Do you even need do to you, go? Do you need to know my okay, rating? Katie's is five out of five. <laughs> and if possible, six out of five. Ten out of five. That's excessive. <laughs> I mean, I won't say that it's a perfect show. It definitely has its issues. And there are some things that we didn't really talk about. Like, well, we kind of talked about the gay references, like, saying that Chandler is doing things feminine or whatever. Or when Joey goes dancing with Mr. Trigger and he's they're making fun of him for that. Yeah. But overall, actually, it was a pretty progressive show with like Carol and Susan. They have their wedding and all that stuff. But anyway, it's not a perfect show, but I do love it. It gets five, ten out of five <laughs> um, Central Perk coffee cups. Okay. Wait, I have a new one. Okay. He gets five out of five of those little yellow frames around the peephole. <laughs> nice. I think for me, I feel the same way about this show the way I do with Seinfeld in that I think that for Seinfeld, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is the same show, but better. I feel like How I Met Your Mother was a better version of Friends. Was it though? Yeah, I hate the same characters. I like the same <laughs> characters. Uh, I don't know. I liked how I, I think I like how I met your mother better than friends. And part of that's because I was older when I when I watched it. And maybe if I had been older when friends came out, I'd like it better. But I think it did things better. Well, it definitely did continuity better for sure. And I like how they have running gags yeah. on how I met your mother. They don't do that as much on friends. Uh, anyway, I just like it better. Um, <laughs> I if I had to be honest, I'd probably give friends somewhere between three and a half to four. Um, paleontologists out of five. <laughs> paleontologists, even though you hate Ross. I know. What a shithead. <laughs> well. It's okay. I'm glad you okay. gave it a pretty generous rating. It's a little bit higher than what I expected from you. I mean, it's still a good show. I just like yeah. the newer version of it better. That's it. <laughs> 
Like Seinfeld's still a great show. I just love It's Always Sunny Better. It's Always Sunny is very good. It is so good. My favorite scene is when they're going out of Philadelphia for the first time and (laughs) Charlie is eating a pear and he's never eaten a pear before. And he eats the sticker. Oh, yeah. And they're like, did you eat the sticker? Of course I ate the sticker. (laughs) I've never eaten a pear. I don't like pears. Never eaten one. Actually, no, it's okay. I've never had a pear by itself. I've had pears on pizza Mm. at Pagliacci. (laughs) (laughs) All Uh, comes back to Pagliacci. I know. Okay. Well, next we are going to do... Dinosaurs. Yeah. Which I remember watching a lot. But I don't remember a damn thing about. I know that we had two episodes on VHS. And actually, in that box over there, there are dinosaur cards that Sarah gave me from Emerald City Comic Con. Nice. But my sister, we like to say her baby picture, she looked just like the baby. Yeah, you showed me that. (laughs) I'll post that on social media at some point. Sorry, Hmm. Stephanie. You know you love it. I'm not sorry, Stephanie. (laughs) But, yeah, this was definitely a show that I watched and liked. I'm wondering how it holds up, because I have not seen it since then. Nope. You pick one episode, I'll pick one. Okay. All right. Cool. Sounds good. Well, in the meantime, you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. I'm sure there's other things I can't think of. Yeah. That's probably all of them, right? (laughs) That's most of them. Yeah. We're TFGIF Podcast. Thank fucking God. It's Friday. And you can rate, review... It would be great if you can give us a review because that's how we can get more listeners. We just got a couple new reviews this week. Yeah, we just got a couple reviews from another podcast. Andy from 90s Court said, Give us me my 90s, he cried. And TFGIF crashed the walls like the Kool-Aid man, equipped with the nostalgia he craved. Love this show so much. Such good topics, amazing research, and things I had no idea about. Along with great hosts. And tons of fun. Five stars. Recommend to anyone who loves the 90s and even those indifferent towards it. If you were born before it, during it, after it. This isn't part of the review. You should listen. (laughs) Yes. So if you can also send us a nice review like Andy did. We love to read them. They make us feel so warm and fuzzy inside. My belly feels good. You can also follow us on Twitter at TFGIF Podcast, on Instagram at TFGIF Podcast. Different things get posted on each platform. They're not the same. So if you're not following both, you're missing something. I'm not following both because I don't have Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I post all kinds of stuff on Instagram that I know that Drew won't see. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, man. And all right. You can also email us at TFGIF Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, it is already past my bedtime. So yeah, it is getting I'm gonna, late. I'm going to get the hell out of here. So until next week. Bye. bye.